Well, good morning. Thank you for joining us on Tetelestai. Today, we're going to begin a message entitled, How to Resist Temptation. You know, all of us, as we walk with God, we face temptation each and every day. Jesus was not a stranger to temptation. In fact, the scripture tells us that he was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. And the temptations that Jesus experienced were far greater in their intensity than any temptation you and I will ever face. And yet he did not succumb to them. And he gives us a good example, as well as the Word of God and other areas, as to how you and I can deal with the temptations that come across our path multiple times in a day. So let's begin talking about how to resist temptation. Let's open up to the Gospel of Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. I want to talk about something that all of us face every single day, and I guess I could really begin, see how honest you guys are this morning. How many of you, in the last week since we last met, have been tempted to do or say something that you know is not God's best for you? All right, so we're all honest. I won't ask you what those temptations were. Because that might begin to get into little areas of dishonesty then, because we might not want anybody to know what they were. Every one of us, every day, face temptations. We face testings of various kinds, trials. They come our way in all shapes and sizes. And temptation is not something that God himself is not familiar with. Because Jesus came... In the flesh, and the Bible makes it very clear, the writer of Hebrews tells us that he was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. And as I've shared with you before, you know, on a scale of temptation, you and I, you know, if the temptation scale is here, you and I, our temptation to usually fall to it starts here, and maybe when we get out here and we experience it to a certain level, we yield or we don't yield, we may resist. But the temptations that Jesus faced were the very maximum in every area of testing and temptation that he could experience. And he never once yielded to them. Never once. How did he do that? How was he able to resist the trials, the testings, and temptations that came his way and say no to them? Well, here in Luke, there's a very simple answer, and it is something that you and I, we too, can and should be practicing when temptation comes our way, and we can overcome just as Jesus overcame. Now, Luke has prefaced all of this in the third chapter by talking about the baptism of Jesus. And remember all that Jesus did, he represented all of us. He was our representative as the last Adam. He was the true Israelite. He was representing Israel. So all of the acts that he performed, all of the things that he did, he did it as us, for us, and to share his victory with us in all of those areas. And immediately, we remember when he comes up out of the water, the Spirit of God comes upon him. He is filled with the Spirit. 
He is now being led by the Spirit. Terminology that we, we find this new, these new kind of terms being used by the gospel writers after Jesus' experience of being anointed as prophet, priest, and king there at the River Jordan and immersed in preparation as the priest a high priest that he's going to represent all of us. He's going through a lot of these same rituals, not because he needed baptism, because he had no sin for which he was repenting, but he was representing us, repenting for us of our sin and turning us back to God. So when we start chapter 4 of Luke, Luke says that immediately Jesus now, he is filled with, with the Holy Spirit. He is filled with the Ruach of God, the wind, the breath of God, the, the Hakodesh, which means holy. He's filled with the Spirit and he returns from the Jordan and then he is led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days to be tested, tempted or tried by the devil, by the adversary. Notice who's leading him there. It's the Spirit of God. He is bringing him into this time of testing. Now, again, he's out there for 40 days. Again, we're seeing a picture here, as we talked about weeks ago, of Israel coming through the Red Sea, which Paul equates with baptism. Jesus has been baptized. Israel then goes into and has how many years of wandering in the wilderness? 40 years. And we, re and we know that this was a time of testing for them. Now, Israel didn't pass the test. Israel did not. Israel failed miserably. But now we have the true Israelite, the Jew of all Jews, who's representing Israel, and he is now going to turn all of that around. He is going to successfully resist the temptation. He has, he has come through the river and water of baptism. Now the Holy Spirit is leading him to encounter his adversary, the devil. So it says he ate nothing during those days, and when they had ended... He was hungry. Kind of an obvious thing, I think, after not eating for 40 days. Then the adversary comes to him and says to him, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, It's written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And then, leading him up, the devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world in an instant. And the devil said to him, I'll give to you all this authority along with its glory because it's been handed over to me and I can give it to anyone I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all this shall be yours. But answering, Jesus told him, it is written, you shall worship Adonai, Lord, the Lord your God. Remember, we use that term a lot in the Psalms that we have on Sunday morning. And Adonai is a term that means master. It means Lord. It's the, the name that they used because they were afraid to use the yod -Heh vav -Heh name. They didn't know how it was properly pronounced. They didn't want to speak it and in any way blaspheme it. And so they either used the term Hashem, which means the name, or Adonai, which means master and Lord. And so Jesus responds with the quotation from Deuteronomy and it says, You shall worship Adonai, the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then he brought Jesus to Jerusalem and placed him on the highest point 
of the temple. Now, we, we know he's out in the wilderness. Was this an actual visit to the temple? Was this an actual, you know, transport that Jesus was transported with Satan there to the pinnacle of the temple? Was this a vision? What was he? I mean, we're not told, but we know that he has taken, he places him at the highest point of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And upon their hands, they will lift you up so that you may not strike your foot against a stone. But answering him, Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall not put Adonai your God to the test. And when the devil had completed every temptation or test, he departed from him until another occasion or another opportunity to come and test him and try him. You know, some of the things that we look at when we see this, this time of Jesus facing Satan in temptation, one of the things that we learn is that Satan obviously recognizes the power of God and that Jesus had power. He knew that Jesus had power to turn the stone to bread if he wanted to. He recognized that Jesus was a king. He was a position of authority, and he recognized Jesus' devotion to the Father and his love to the Father. He knew of that, so he was going to test that. And then he also recognized the fact, we all see that Satan knows the Bible really well. Satan does know the Bible really well, and a lot of times he will twist Scripture even in temptation, most of the time to justify us sinning. Well, we'll continue talking about how to resist temptation tomorrow. May the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be yours in fullest measure.